Here's what's coming up on this week's show. Who, who's, fi- who's on fire? I d- oh. Are you on fire, Claire? Hang on a second, guys. Fire alarm's going off. This hasn't happened before. Claire's, Claire's on fire, everybody. Nobody panic. <laughs> the beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. Now, if you're new to the podcast, we're here to help make your small business bigger with access to the biggest business minds from around the world to teach you everything you need to know to grow a small business. And whether this is your first time or not, make sure you click follow on your chosen podcast platform because that helps the biggest up in podcast land and you won't miss out on all our future juicy episodes. Oh, and leave us a review too because that helps us to improve and it also helps the biggest up in podcast land. So Claire, today we're dipping into a topic we've covered before, but we really need to have another go at it because a lot's changed, isn't it? Yeah, we have. We have uh, covered this subject before, but um, we just felt that all business owners' behaviour has changed on social media, especially the last 18 months. And I thought it would be really interesting to actually go back to LinkedIn and actually see how our behaviours have changed, but also, most importantly, how the platform has changed and how we should be using it to its full advantage. Social media platforms are something we haven't really covered on the podcast before, not in any great depth, uh, because they change so much. And perhaps this is something we need to do on a regular occasion. So you know, come back to some of these things and talk about them again and again as things evolve, because they are a big part of small business. They're a big part of people's marketing campaigns, and perhaps more so than it was two years ago. Uh, so yeah, LinkedIn's definitely one we need to cover, and we're covering again here. And we'll obviously be going back and recovering and talking uh, in depth about places like Facebook and Instagram, and uh, maybe a few more too. Tell us a little bit more about who's on with us today. So today we are being joined by Gareth Wax. Uh, Gareth Wax runs a company called Purple Fedora and may I add, add, actually wears a purple hat as well all the time and he looks absolutely awesome in it. Um, But he is a LinkedIn engagement specialist so he really looks at the nitty gritty of what is happening behind your own profile as a business owner and actually looks to see ways that you can improve the engagement and the results you get from utilising this platform. This is the Big Little Business Show. The thing is, Gareth, we, we've, kind of, we've kind of covered the basics of LinkedIn before, um, back in episode 18, but this time I think it's good to, to, to dig a little bit deeper because like every other channel, especially it seems over the last sort of six or eight months or so, there's been some changes with LinkedIn, isn't there? Well, there have, actually. There's been a tendency away from its traditional leanings. If you recall, when LinkedIn was first put in place all those years ago, it was a glorified job board. It was a mode for recruitment to be able to find people, for people to find jobs and for people to find each other. Yeah? That was its entire focus. The world as according to LinkedIn, has now changed. And they now want to champion content. Now, the championing of content is nothing new, but they've actually done something dramatic and they've created something called Creator Mode. And what Creator Mode is effectively a switch that means that focus is now on where you've been, who you're talking to, who you're following, and more importantly, what you're saying. 
So you're, they're buying into you as a personal brand. Yeah, very, very much so. And I think, you know, it's really important as business owners when we're embarking on a new strategy and looking at how we're going to market our business, you know, the reasons why we're doing what we're doing. So I'd be interested to hear your views, Gareth, as to whether you feel the sole purpose for LinkedIn um, has changed dramatically. OK, I've got a trick question for you both. Mm-hmm. What is LinkedIn's purpose? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, it's to get you to buy premium. That's its only purpose. And that's the reason why, unlike Facebook or Insta or Twitter or anywhere else, it's not festooned with uh, advertising, is it? While we're on the subject of premium, by the way, Gareth, is premium worth it? Oh, that's a hard one. So let me explain what the differences are. When you move to premium, you get more in-mails. Now, in-mails are unsolicited mails. You're very restricted in number, but they can get you out of a bind. If there's someone you've been chasing after for ages, he doesn't want to connect to you or hasn't connected you or perhaps even hasn't even seen it, you send an in-mail that's kind of like a little red flag saying, I might have something of interest. Once you move to Navigator or even the higher levels than that, that's when you've got hundreds of in-mails and that's when that's really aimed at recruitment. 95% of LinkedIn are on the free track. So LinkedIn is only paid for by the 5% of people who are either navigator or most of them are the recruiters who are much more expensive. Some of them are paying two or three hundred pounds a month. Wow. That's a lot, yeah. So it's a decent chunk of money. Well, it is, but you've got to realise that it's very, very focused. It's only on those people that are paying for it. So that's mm. why they're trying to move people away from that to, you know, what posts they're putting up and how are they reacting to others. Do you want to, should we touch on creator mode while, while we're on the subject? I, I was just about to say that, yeah, while, while we're here, let's talk about creator mode, yeah. How do you change the creator mode? What are the benefits and, yeah, the, how, does, how does the mechanics of it all work? Talk us through it as if we're creator mode um, virgins. Mm-hmm. Creator mode virgins. So we should go into the virtual Garden of Eden. Let's do that. <laughs> So, uh, to anybody listening, you click on the me icon, you click on view profile, you click on creator mode, which will appear, and at the moment it says off. Right. So, when you click on it, it's a toggle, it changes to on, and then you click on next. And at this point, you start, it asks you about topics. This is when you are starting to create yourself a niche. By the way, it's not niche. It's it definitely niche. is niche. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, I, th- I think we've agreed that. You're going to define yourself by hashtags. This is one of the things. I know a lot of people know this, but I told Claire this the other day, and she, was it yesterday or was it today? And she was dumbfounded. It was yesterday, and I was shocked. Yes, you were shocked. Yeah. Paul Mumford. Yes, hello. How many hashtags should one place on a post? Usually when I post hashtags on LinkedIn, I just usually go with the same amount that I've used on other platforms. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. Yeah, that's fine, that's fine. And how many would that be to the nearest 10? Usually no more than about 15, probably probably closer to 10. The maximum number of, of uh, hashtags one should use on a post is three. For the number of hashtags you have excess, your post gets downgraded. Oh, okay. That's that's a great tip. So th- that's a massive tip. Yeah. Maximum of three. So those three have got to be really targeted, haven't they? Well, yes. So my recommendation is, first thing one should ever do 
is create a unique hashtag that's going to follow you around like a bad smell. Okay, is that is that worth it and not a waste of a hashtag? Do you think that's worth doing? Absolutely worth it. I'll tell you why. Okay. You're going to festoon everything you do, whether it's a response to a message, whether it's a, a, a long article, whether it's a short post, that's always going to have that hashtag in there. Great word, by the way. Well said. Which one? Festoon. Well, it is. We'll write that down. That might be word of the podcast. I wouldn't even know how to spell that. It's a bit early for word of the podcast, but I reckon that might be the one. Well, I was I was going to throw in plethora later, but okay. I don't want to waste it. I prefer festoon, actually. <laughs> I, don't quite, I, I quite like proliferate. Oh, yes, I don't mind. Not as good as pamphlet. That's my favourite word. <laughs> pamphlet. Oh, God. So, hashtags. If you can gradually gather people under your own unique hashtag, you will get to the point, perhaps weeks or months' time, when you can put a post up just with that hashtag and you've already got a, a ready-made audience. And so your role is to try and gather the right sort of people who are ever more likely to chime with your points of view. Interesting. So I, I take it people can't follow hashtags on LinkedIn in the way they can with Instagram? Yeah, they, they can. And they do. But the idea is, if everybody sees that this hashtag is there, they're far more likely to follow it if they see other people already following it. Okay, that's interesting. Tagging. How many people should you tag into a post? Oh, okay, right. So we're tagging people now. Um, I have no yeah. idea. And is that something I don't do on LinkedIn? There is an awful movement out there. And um, Claire mm -hmm. was guilty of it yes i know i am guilty i'm on the naughty step <laughs> worth pointing out at this stage that claire is probably more of a linkedin user than i am what was common it, claire i saw lots of people do it I, i've seen a lot of linkedin people doing it i told one of them and she said no really so once again you should only tag in people who you guarantee are going to respond within the first two hours if linkedin see or rather their algorithm sees that you are tagging people in who just for the sake of tagging them in once again it downgrades your post this is all really interesting stuff and i hope people are making notes because some really useful tips coming out here yeah well absolutely i've always thought you know by tagging you know loads of people that's gonna it's gonna you know increase the engagement and the people that are going to see that post but of course now after what you've said it's really important to carefully select those people so otherwise you could actually do yourself you know more disservice by tagging more people um Who, who's fire? who's on fire I d oh are you on fire claire hang on a second guys fire alarm's going off this hasn't happened before claire's claire's on fire everybody nobody panic paul my 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 mother always used to she was a terrible cook and she used to i always used to think onions were black and when we, we knew when the onions were done because the beeping would go Smoke on. Smoke alarm sound to you just meant dinner was ready. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a great story. I love that. <laughs> so let's talk about content for a little bit, Gareth. So what kind of type of content uh, should people be posting on LinkedIn now? Is it is it video-based like everywhere else? Are people uh, LinkedIn favouring video or is it something else? No. They've gone the opposite direction. Oh, they, really? They, That's interesting. But I've got, a, I've got a clever way to make it useful. The thing most favoured at the moment are PDF files. Oh, now that's really interesting. That's so different to everywhere else, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But guess what? You can hide inside a PDF file. So if you can imagine, you have the PDF file, you've got a comment underneath it, and, it, and, and the comment says, oh, please open this amazing PDF file. Within it, you're going to get a description and a brilliant video that talks about X, Y, and Z. Mm. Now, text is searchable. 
Video isn't. So if you've got the text that's searchable, that immediately draws the thing. The fact that they can see it's a PDF means it gets highly rated. And then once you're in there, you've got... Make sure it has subtitles. I'm sure you tell everybody this, Paul. Definitely. Make sure all your videos have subtitles. Oh, without a doubt. Because most people watch videos on their mobile phones, and by default, they watch it with the sound off. Right. So you just make sure that that link inside there is very self-evident where they're going to go. But the other thing to do is still images. There's a really clever way of using a still image to draw people in. The friend of mine, he knows this guy who put a post up on LinkedIn uh, about his son who is on the spectrum like myself. And um, after a number of years, he got him to come to business. Now he's working alongside him. And this is one year later and how proud he was. And that post got in the region of six or 7,000 views. Um, and I spoke to him and I said, that's great. Did you get much engagement business-wise? He said, no, very little. Let's look at the post together. And we looked at it. It was lovely. It was moving and it had a picture of them arm in arm. That's what got most of the hits. What was missing was in that the, the first comment should have been a call to action and a suggestion that if you want to work with a company like this, who have these kind of ethics and this kind of ethos, why don't you... Oh, follow this candidly link and book some time. Totally agree with you, Gareth. That's, yeah, that's top advice. And uh, yeah, don't make any post a wasted post. And while posts getting likes is great, it doesn't actually get you anywhere further up the ladder or achieve what you want to achieve by being on the platform in the first place. Obviously, unless you want to get more likes. But it's kind of a bit of a, while it's nice, it doesn't really achieve anything, does it? Being nice in a vacuum is all very well. But you need people to know that you're being nice and also to want to buy into that. Not for any nefarious reason, just because to do business, one wants to do business with people who appreciate you for all your best qualities, don't they? Exactly. Yeah, it's a really good point. And that's valid, by the way. Worth pointing out if you're listening right now and thinking some of these benefits and some of these values that Gareth are talking about, especially that one, are common across whether you're using Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, yeah, the same rules apply with that. You make sure, don't forget a call to action. Have a reason why you're posting things and make sure that people respond to that reason. Now, I want to talk a little bit about articles. When you go to do a post on LinkedIn, you'll find that, the, I think it's red and to the right, it says article as one of the options. By default, it's like a, a standard post within which you put some mixed media, um, maybe some rich media in the form of a video and and maybe uh, some f- some bits of, uh, of static images and some text. That's fine. And that sits on your timeline and disappears off into the bright blue yonder eventually. An article is a slightly different animal. It's a bit like a a rich text document or a Word document. So you've got some, you've got font control, you've got typography control, you've got the ability to put a p- picture at the top. I've never played with whether you can put a GIF in there, but I think it's a static image over the top. And it's got full typography, as I said, so you can you can do bold emboldening and uh, underlining and, and font sizes and all that. So is this something you upload, Gareth, or something that you uh, something you you build within LinkedIn? No, that's part of it. It's part of it. Okay, it's within LinkedIn. It's got its own little editor. So you, it's limiting in the sense that you can't do all the funky things you could do in a normal post. But it has its own unique URL. And within URL, it's not numbers and weird, weird letters or whatever. It's a URL that describes it exactly as what it, or what it is. 
And you can refer to that again and again, and it lasts forever. Put an overarching, large, 1,200, 1,300-word um, article in there. And then create a series of posts over a series of months, if you like, because you can reuse this again and again, especially if it's talking about timeless concepts and ideas. I'm just going to say, actually, Gareth, you've come out with so many um, you know, amazing top tips here, but I'm just thinking about what types of examples or mistakes can you share with us that you've seen people <laughs> doing? I mean, is there any sort of... Um, I, I can tell there's a few. So any things that you'd like to share with us that we shouldn't be doing? Why don't we go with a big three, perhaps, uh, Gareth? Like the, the top three don't do's. Yeah, top three that comes to mind. Top three don't don't do's. All right. Don't make statements about what you can achieve and guarantees inside your banner or in your headline. I can guarantee to get you leads. Don't do that. I can guarantee to get you uh, new business. It's not about that. LinkedIn isn't about that sort of thing. LinkedIn is about reassuring. It's social proofing. It's a place for people to go to be certain that you can represent something good. That's quite an old school way of selling as well now, isn't it? I mean, you don't really see that quite... I mean, I know there are still people who still do that. Oh, they do, yeah. It's something you used to see everywhere, maybe about 20, 30 years ago. Well, it was the 80s thing, wasn't that? It was the 80s. Yeah, it's very much an 80s thing, yeah. Gareth. Yeah, you're right. So the focus should be on reassurance. Go out there and find people who value what you do and value what your company does and get them to write recommendations based on that. Recommendations are everything. Um, and the other thing is a big do not do is bring in any kind of political, yeah. religious... Oh, for sure. Or any kind of view that, that in somehow pigeonholes you into a narrow, ultra-niched part of the world. Okay, let's ask something about automation because this is something that <laughs> is... Uh, I'm pulling out some big ones out of the bag here, Gareth. Automation is something that I see, on, perhaps not so much now, but I certainly saw more of that on LinkedIn than anywhere else. And uh, one of the things that uh, used to really aggravate me about LinkedIn and it still happens occasionally is when I connect with someone and the first thing they do is they send me a pitch message for me that's not a good way to create a relationship and even if it's done whether it's done manually or done in an automated way I think you can tell even the best automation so what are your thoughts on automation and I know you've we've spoken about this before how LinkedIn doesn't particularly like that kind of stuff either does it doesn't particularly like it's similar to saying that the the Pacific Ocean is only slightly wet <laughs> it abhors there's another word. It abhors, loathes, and despises. Abhors, that's good. We've got so many words coming out on this episode. Yeah, that's LinkedIn, in their terms of service, actually state categorically you will not use third-party software to aid either in strategizing or in searching or, in fact, in promotion or automation. All of these are verboten, but when they do catch you, and they, by the way, they don't do it by checking for software anymore. They'll check for heuristic. So they're looking for the mode of behavior. That very thing you mentioned, Paul, the connection and the instantaneous pitch, that's part of the behavior. Or 
the continuous uh, connecting to everyone who touches you. Somebody searches you, instant connection. And that is the kind of behavior they look for. And they start sending out vaguely menacing messages. Past three messages, they often will ban you. Initial ban is three weeks. Secondary ban will be longer. Third, tertiary ban is for life. Talking about you know the importance of um, what people see on the front of your profile, effectively like your shop front, if people are thinking about those few valuable seconds, you know, when people are looking at your banner, are looking at the photograph. About three seconds. Yeah. Three seconds. Well, it's even less than I thought it was, actually. Last year um, it was about seven. Now it's down to three. Amazing. I was going to say I thought it was seven, yeah. Next year it'll be two. By 2030, if you haven't if you haven't got in touch with them before they've thought you were going to get in touch with them, you're out of luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what, what, if people are looking at their profile then and thinking, okay, right, so how do, how do I now make sure that those seconds count? What would you say that, you know, to people that should be included on their profile to stand out, what information should be on there? Apart from, obviously, I know the... For telephone numbers or websites and what have you. What other things? And is there is there a word count, Gareth, as well? But incidentally, or is, is there a, a, a limit to how many words you can use? Okay, well, let's, what Claire is referring to is a graphic image. So of course, whatever you fit on there is whatever you fit on there. But what you need to think about is who is going to view this and on what medium. So the people who are going to view this are people using mobile phones. So when your banner is on there, make sure that the, the words are on it large enough that it can be read, all right? Now, it sounds silly, I know. Second of all, be aware that the first quarter of your banner is partially obscured by your picture. Make sure you have three bits of information in there. First bit needs to be an, an identification of what your company name is. Make it loud and proud. Ideally, use sans serif. Serif means with feet, sans serif, no feet. So things like Helvetica. Yeah, so the difference between Helvetica and Times Roman, perhaps. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So you've got those three critical bits of information, which basically is who you are, what the hell you can do for, for them, and if that really strikes gold, what I can do about it right now. Brilliant. That's that makes sense, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, that's, that's so much really valuable information there. And uh, don't forget, there's a notes section on our website where you can get uh, links to some of the things that Gareth has talked about or get in touch with Gareth and find out more about how he does the things that he does. Or maybe go and have a look at his own LinkedIn profile so you can find out how he does it. That might be an idea because I'm assuming you're doing all these things that you're talking about. Otherwise, they would be really silly. Uh, so we'd, we'd like to finish off, Gareth, with a, a bunch of questions. I'm sure you've been primed about this, uh, all based around a TV show from the US called Inside the Actors Studio. They're the same questions we ask every single week and uh, they're completely unrelated to LinkedIn or anything else we've been talking about but they're just a bit of fun and that gets us to know know, get inside your brain a little bit more so are you ready for your questions Gareth? Inside the actor's studio you were saying Did you watch that? Yeah, I'd done it once. It used to be late night viewing didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Lipton the the guy's name was. Yes. Yeah, he was great. Anyway, all right. so question number one then what's your favourite smell? Uh, Petrichor. Pardon? Not not an answer we've had before. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, it's petrichor, the uh, it, which is the smell 
or just after rain. I think we did an episode, we did. Um, Claire, and I was trying to find that word. Yes, I couldn't you think were. what the word was. Yes, but you're right. After, especially on a warm day, when you get a sudden storm, and then you can almost see the the, the mist rising from the ground. Yeah, it, it needs it needs to have been humid. Yeah, but that's definitely my favourite smell. I reckon it's that smell that uh, animals probably have an acute sense towards because they they tend to yeah. do, do. Maybe that's why they like cows sit down and stuff. That, I was cows just about to down, say why it. cows cows. <laughs> Cows lie down to keep their patch dry, don't they? That's it. No, it's because it's, it's they, they can smell petrichor. That's what it is. That was the word. Yeah. That was the word we we're looking for. Okay, Gareth, what about uh, your favourite biscuits? What's your favourite biscuit? I used to like rich tea. I know an unpopular choice, but you see, part of being steampunk is we do tea dueling. And when you do tea dueling, it's you dunk the biscuit in the tea and then you hold it up. And it's whoever has got the, the biggest balls who can hold it for longer before it drops off into the tea. There's nothing wrong with rich tea. I mean, it's, it's one of the most popular biscuits and you can still buy them after all these years. So someone's got to like them. I like them, yeah. They're the best for, they're the best for tea dueling. Um, but it's followed closely by the, the classic digestive. A more absorbent biscuit, I would say. It is. And it will co- collapse far quicker, but it does have that, Sweet hit. See, this is the stuff we need to know. This is you. You need to. There may be. I wonder if there's a scale you can go go and Google uh, absorbency levels of biscuit. Do you know the rule of the internet? If 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 <laughs> you can imagine it, there is internet. It's of it. there. Yeah, I'm going to go and Google it shortly. That's my my project. But Gareth, if if that biscuit then falls into your tea, do you, lose. you then? Yeah. Do, do do you drink the rest? Yeah, but do you drink then the rest of your tea, or do you make yourself a fresh one? Well, it's part of the jewel. You have to drink it. But yes. Uh, it's very important. It mustn't fall in, otherwise you lose. Imagine two two people facing off against each other across a table with everybody looking on expectantly, biscuit in hand, ready to dunk. That's the that's the 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 uh, the tea I'm going to do that. My daughter, she'll love that. It's a bit like the adult version of Conkers. It is. But when I was a kid, people when you used to play Conkers as a kid, we used to cheat and sort of treat your Conkers and made them harder so they wouldn't break. That's it with vinegar. Does, does this sort of thing go on with uh, with tea jeweling? Then do you have like uh, you like little secret things you do to? Yeah, one of you has got a digestive. You only got a piece of plywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't want to eat that. I've never played Conkers. <laughs> you never play what? What? Excuse me. Hold the phone. I've never played Conkers. There are lots of things I'm finding out about, Claire, over the year and a bit we've been doing this podcast. One of the things I've found out, Gareth, is actually that Claire hasn't really lived. I haven't oh. lived. I just was just arrived on the planet a year ago, I think. Does, you seem a very, very newborn. <laughs> newborn. Not playing yeah. Conkers. Yeah. <laughs> It's been great, Gareth. So, it's so much great information. It's been very enjoyable. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for your time, and thank you for for being entertaining, and thank for your thank you for your plethora of really nice words. I don't. I doff my hat perpetuously. Oh my goodness, that's a cracker. <laughs> uh, so, if people want to come and find you, how can they do that? Um, the best way to get a hold of me would be via my LinkedIn profile. Look up Gareth Wax. It's written as Gareth Wax L I Inspiration, and. If you want to find my website, its best one is, at the moment, because we're just redesigning one of them, of find me on Trust Us To Call, as in Trust Us To Call dot UK, or purple hyphen fedora, F-E-D-O-R-A dot com. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. 
Well, there was a lot to take in there, some really good information. Uh, I have to hold my hands up. I probably don't use LinkedIn as much as perhaps I should. Uh, it's just another social media platform that I have to get my head around. And like with all the social media platforms, they all have, all have very different ways of doing things. And obviously they have commonality as well, but there were quite a few things in there that Gareth picked up on that I didn't know you could do or you shouldn't do on LinkedIn. It really shows actually the capabilities of this platform um, and highlights actually are we using it to its full potential. And I think as business owners, we have a tendency to sway towards one social media profile I know I know for me a few years ago it was Facebook and we do tend to stay with those profiles but actually I've now moved closer and closer to LinkedIn I use it as my main form of uh, communication with my clients and I had no idea the amount that it can do and I actually just can't wait to look at it again actually yeah I think it's good to say that um, you don't really need to spread yourself across every single social media platform. And I think we've said this before. Um, there are enough people, if that's where your audience is, there are enough people on LinkedIn to keep you in business for years. Mm. And the same applies with Facebook and the same applies with Instagram and all the others. Uh, I think the key is to do your research and find out which platform best suits you double down all your efforts on that particular platform and if it's LinkedIn great but it might not necessarily be LinkedIn um, I think perhaps it's not I don't know I'm not entirely sure whether it's my audience or not it might be but I'll, I'll play around with it a bit more and we'll find out and use some of those tips that Gareth's come out with this week yeah absolutely and you don't know these things until you look um, and I think if you're not aware of what how do you know how do you, what did, what's that saying if you don't know you don't know until you try no not that one which other one do you want you don't know what you don't know. Is that is that a phrase that's saying? You no. don't know what you don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm That's very true. You don't know what you don't know. But <laughs> no, that's I... not what I mean. Anyway, yeah, basically have a look at your LinkedIn <laughs> and, see, <laughs> and see if it's working for you and, you know, try the new tips and tricks and these things, you know, you can only learn when you, when you do these things for the first time and then things become easier, don't they? There we go. Anyway, sh should we what? bring Dean on? Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> Dean has been on the podcast a couple of times before, but we love Dean's little stories with a moral at the end that makes us think about uh, our own self-development or maybe the way we do things in our business. And look, have a listen. Here's Dean with another one of his great little stories. Once there was a farmer who regularly sold butter to a nearby baker. One day, the baker decided to weigh the butter to see if he was getting the exact amount that he'd asked for. He discovered that he wasn't, so he decided to take the farmer to court. The judge asked the farmer if he used any measure to weigh the butter. The farmer replied, Your Honour, I don't have a proper measure, but I do have a balance scale. The judge replied, Then how do you weigh the butter? The farmer replied, Well, Your Honour, long before the baker started buying butter from me, I've been buying a pound loaf of bread from him. Every day when the baker brings the bread, I put it on the spallon scale and give him the same weight in butter. So if anyone is to be blamed, it's the baker. Just remember, you always get what you give. If you want more from life, then you should be prepared to give more.
Oh, I do love Dean's stories and I just love the way that he puts them across and they always make so much sense, so much sense. So thank you, Dean, again. Yeah, it's another great one from Dean. Really makes you think. So that was LinkedIn and next week on the show, we're handling Facebook, aren't we? We are. It's another biggie and um, I know that there's a few people listening who probably lean maybe more towards one or the other. So it made perfect sense, I think, to give people options and hear about both platforms. Yeah, um, we're going to have to go deep on Facebook because there's quite a lot to cover. So we might even have to split this one up into two episodes yeah i think so and also it's ever changing all the time um and i don't know about you but i feel as soon as i get used to doing something it, it and then it doesn't perform the same way again i'm like for goodness sake it's all change again so it's the same as linkedin with facebook uh you know let's keep ourselves up to date with uh, what changes are being made and how we can make sure we use the platforms to their full advantage yeah so next week on the show we're heading over to seattle in washington to speak to jennifer randall who knows a thing or two about facebook don't forget you can carry on the conversation uh, about LinkedIn or anything else that we've covered on all our previous episodes by coming and find us in, by coming and finding us on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or check us out on the website biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and don't forget to check out all our back episodes of which there are over 70 now on lots of different topics that will help your small business grow big and that's it we're done till next week say goodbye Claire bye bye You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show.